You're listening to the weekly podcast of Victory Christian Center of Victorville, California. We pray you enjoy today's message. Thank you, Lord. Come on, stand to your feet one more time. We can't ever praise God enough. Keep on praising Him. Keep on blessing Him. Keep on praising Him. Y'all can sing the right words. You know I don't know all the words. I say real quick. Y'all really supposed to say, no, Pastor, take your time. <laughs> no, we're gonna go, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, just share some information with you today. Can I give you information? Can I give you truths? Y'all gonna be mad at me when I give you truths? Um, a lot of people don't really want to hear the truth, you know, but we always say it this way: the truth known, accepted acted upon will set you free we know scripture says it this way the truth will set you free well it, it does but a lot of us know the truth and we're not free so i'm like what is going on it's the truth known accepted i accept what god says i act upon it because i believe it i'm free amen so you act free if you're free We've already prayed. We've already prepared. If you have your Bibles, we're going to get right into it. I'm going to talk to parents this morning. Any parents in the house? All right. Now, there's different levels. I know when I say levels, you know, those who have baby, baby, babies, you're in the cultivating stage. When you have bigger kids, when they're bigger, you're at a whole nother state, but you're still a parent. If you have adult children, you are still a parent. You are never, if you have children, you are never not a parent. And I know society would say, well, they 18 years old. They grown. Grown don't mean nothing. How many, how, how many of us grown folks who, well, let me put it, how many of us who thought we was grown made a whole lot of mistakes thinking we grown? We grown. I'm grown. Let me tell you something. I said it before. You know, our choices and decisions are life-changing and long-lasting. And a lot of grown folks who really ain't grown make some life-changing choices and decisions that mess you up forever. And so there's levels to this thing. And so as parents, there's levels to it. We continue to grow. 
So let me just give you some information today. Um, and you can share with those who really need it. Because I know y'all got it all together, right? <laughs> we never have. You know, I, I had to repent this past week. You know, I, I do my best to listen to my own words. Anybody listen to your own words? And I let it come out of my mouth. I don't know how I let this come out of my mouth. Um, but I said, you know, God hasn't given us um, a manual for parenting. I think I said that. Y'all remember that on Wednesday I said that? I caught myself real quick. And I went to the Father and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. You gave us a manual for life, for everything there is. Don't let that lie. Don't, don't, don't believe that lie. You got a manual for marriage. You got a manual for parenting. You got a manual for self. You got a manual for your kids. You got a manual. It is the living word of God. We just got to take it at that, amen, and we'll be much better. So we got to get rid of all these excuses because they're nothing but lies. When you, when you get one of them things come across your mind, just say, who told that lie? Who told that lie? Because God told us that Jesus is the answer, right? If he's the answer, then you will always have an answer. How many of y'all go to Google for stuff? In your mind, Google is the answer. You know, I need an answer. Go to Google. Well, I mean, Google does have some good stuff, but God has even a better answer and the correct answer. So if we learn to go to God, we get the answer. So let's get into this thing. I want to talk about parents. <clears throat> and those of you who have older ones, maybe they're out the house or whatever. Sometimes you still got to just rekindle your parenthoodness in your heart and in your thinking because it will change your prayers as well. Maybe you're not in the upbringing time. They're already out and whatever, but there's still some things God's going to use you to do in their life. And so number one. We need to know that uh, children are a gift from the Lord. Your children are a gift. I don't care if they were an oops. Y'all know what an oops is? It wasn't quite planned, but they're a gift. And if you'll, if you'll, if you'll teach them and train them this way, no children would have to, have to ever have to feel like they're an oops. Oh, I'm just an oops. You really didn't want me. A lot of children feel that way. Guys, treat them like a gift because that's what they are. Children are a responsibility. Children are a responsibility. You need to remind yourself all the time, that's my responsibility. That's my responsibility. It's not the school's responsibility. It's not the government's responsibility. It's not so-and-so. It's your responsibility. See, we haven't been taught right. It's a responsibility and a gift. What do you do with a gift? Especially if you value that gift, you take care of that thing. You know, my, my father-in-law, some of you guys know him, Elder Grip. Man, he, he valued things. He got some stuff. He's been gone for a number of years. We still got a lot of his stuff. He got good stuff. He kept his stuff good. He had a 1999, or I think it was a 98 Ford uh, Expedition. That thing still had the showroom shine on it in 2015 still. I mean, I, I used to tell people, man, rub that car right there. <laughs> I used to tell them, I said, go rub that car right there. Right. I said, what year are you thinking it? Oh, man. I said, man, that thing feel like what? Showroom shine. See, we need to take care of our kids because we value them. It will last. There'll be things in your relationship and your family that will last and not just crumble if we value it and take care of it. So parents start seeing. I watch a lot of parents, and from their actions, it doesn't look like they value their children. They don't see them as a gift. They see them as a burden. Oh, that, that child, that boy, that girl. Change your attitude, change your life. 
That's something you ought to write down right there. That, that'll change a whole bunch of stuff. When I, when, I, when I changed my attitude about a lot of things, it changed my entire life. It changed my entire life. Amen. Come on, somebody. Write this down. We are in a battle for our children's hearts and minds. We are in a battle for our children's hearts and minds. Here's the last part to that. It's a battle you better win. It's a battle you better win. And, and, and if anything, you, better, you can put it this way. It's a battle I must win. And then you can go a little further and say, it's a battle I will win. Don't be a quitter, parents. Your child is not that far off that you should quit on. I care how far they might be out there. Don't quit. We're not quitters anyway, are we? Okay, okay. So I'm going to give you some scriptures first. I'm going to give you probably about 10, maybe 12 scriptures. We're going to read them real, real quickly. You can write them down and go to them later. These are the manual that I'm saying that I made a mistake in saying there wasn't one. There is one. There is a, a manual. And one of the big ones you're going to understand that we all need to begin to cherish is a word called discipline. We need to cherish this word. Most of us, if we would be honest about our, our lives as a whole, we're not very disciplined people. A job, when you get up on time every day to go to work only because you have to go to work, that doesn't mean you're disciplined. You're made to do that. You better do that. But when, you're, when that time belongs to you, can you get up every day at the time you say? You start disciplining your things. So anyway, we're going to talk a whole lot about, you're going to hear a whole lot about disciplining your children. Everyone say discipline. discipline. Nobody likes it, but it's something we need to all learn to love. I'm going to say it again. Nobody likes it, but it's something we all need to learn to love. Proverbs talks a lot about that for us as men and as women, that we should love instruction. We, in other words, we should love discipline. And parents, if you are not disciplining your children, I'm going to show you what the scripture says concerning that. You know, I don't care how you were brought up. Your parents might have did it wrong. We used to get whoopings. I mean, whoopings. My mom, when she would stop, when she ran out of breath. And y'all know what that means? Anybody y'all had that? Yeah, when mama got tired, that's when the whooping stopped. You, you talk all the way through the whooping as you scream and yell. Get back over here, boy, and just go on and on. That's where pre I thought preaching came from, was from mama's But <clears throat> I don't remember half the words, but I know she was saying a whole lot of stuff, and then whoopings just kept on coming. Well, a lot of that, guys, was out of anger. We don't whip our children. We don't give our children a ride out of anger. Don't do anything out of anger. You need to learn how to control your emotions as a parent because anger destroys. Anger is destructive. God didn't tell us to beat them when you're angry. He didn't tell us to beat them anyway. He said, give the rod. A rod is a correction. If I was trying to get your attention, I might tap you on the shoulder to get your attention. With a rod, you tap them somewhere else to get their attention. Anyway, that's what the Bible says. So, you ready? Psalms 127. I'm reading from the New King James on this particular version. It says, behold, children are a heritage and or a gift from the Lord. Watch this. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Well, the fruit of a woman's womb 
is their baby, is a, ch is a child, which is a reward. Then watch this. It says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. If you ever watch a movie concerning warriors, man, a real warrior is good, man. They can shoot that thing wherever they want. And that thing goes right where they want it. They can kill somebody or shoot something at a hundred, more than a hundred yards away. That means they're skilled. Parents, we need to become skilled in guiding our children. Say with me, guiding our children. I watch a lot of parents today, and, and, and it's like children are guiding themselves. No one guides themselves until they know how to guide. Don't, go, don't send your child out there if they don't know what they're doing. Don't let them make choices and decisions when they don't know how to make one. Huh? So Watch this. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are children in one's youth. So guys, your children, you are the warrior. You aim them in the direction they're to go. Well, whatever my baby want, out of the will. See, the world will tell you that. Well, whatever they want to do. What if they don't want to do it? They don't know what they want to do. Not a child. And you can mature, mature your children up real fast if you train them early. So much I want to say. I'm going to stay on point. Amen. Turn with me to Psalms. Uh, I'm sorry. Proverbs 22 and 6. <clears throat> I'm reading it from the, the NIV. Which says. Start children off on the way they should go. You know the, the new King James says. Train up a child in the way he should go. Train up a child in the way he should go. It didn't say train up a child in the way he wants to go. Train up any child in the way he should go. Well, our first question to the Lord is, what way is that? Right? You need to ask a question there. Well, what is that way, Lord? And then he opens up. He says, open up right here, and I'll show you which way to go. I'll show you what you want to do. Well, what do we, our first goal in life, guys, especially when our children are young, is to direct them to Jesus. Send them to Jesus. Baby, mom and daddy. Or whoever, you know, you might be grandma or whatever. I rely on Jesus. My life revolves around Jesus. Our prayer for our children when they were young is that they would come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior at an early age. That was our declaration. That was our prayer. That they would be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues at an early age. How are they going to do that? We're going to teach them. We're going to show them. We're going to live for, for the Lord Jesus so they can see there's something valuable about that Jesus that they keep telling me that I, I should receive. See, if they don't see the value in you, they won't see the value in it. We all know if you are a parent, your children don't always do what you say. But they sure will do what you do. You keep acting ugly, you raise an ugly children. You can tell them all the time, you ought to be nice and sweet to people, but you as ugly as you want to be. That's what they're going to be. You don't have to agree with me, but it's the truth. All right, Proverbs 13, 24. 
Proverbs 13 and 24. I'm reading from the NIV. It says, whoever spares the rod. Now, this is Bible. I'm not giving you my ideal, my suggestion, what I think. Doesn't matter what I think. Whoever spares the rod hates their children. I didn't say that. Hates their children. That's what the Bible, the one you were just lifting up hands to, that's what he said to do. Society would say, well, you don't want to bend them. And I'm going to show you scripture right now how false that is. I told you last week, nothing God made is bendable if everything is done according to his word. Nothing God made. God didn't make inferior stuff. Watch this. Whoever spares the rod hates their children. But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. And, and fellas, don't take the back seat to discipline. Oh, go see your mama. No, you discipline them. And if you come into, we got a lot of mixed marriages. When I mean mix, or maybe you come together and you got a married, you've been married, you got kids, and they got kids. Listen, when y'all get married, them kids become you. You stop overprotecting your children. When a man of God comes in the home, y'all been in to get an agreement about this thing. But don't be trying to discipline my kids. If it's in line with God's word, you better let them. You're trying to protect your children from the thing they need the most, and that's discipline. Now, men, we have to learn how to do it. Sometimes we can be a little too gruff. We got to learn how to smooth the edges. Thank God if you have a good wife, she'll help you, baby. You ain't got to quite say it like that. All right, all right. And you got to be mad enough to say, I'm sorry. I didn't mean I shouldn't have done it like that. But you were still wrong. I mean, come on, we got to tell the truth. Don't be afraid. And one thing you have to learn as a parent your responsibility is to discipline. Even though you may not have done everything right. It's, you don't, you're not qualified. You don't have to qualify. You qualify by becoming, having a baby. So discipline. Well, I don't want them to think I'm trying to be per You ain't. They'll know real quick. Let them grow up a little bit. But discipline. You better do it, I'm telling you. All right? Proverbs 29 and 17. Discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. You don't train them, they're going to bring you hell. You, you can say, well, no, I'm special. That's not going to be me. Oh, yeah, don't discipline and don't watch. They're going to make a fool out of you one day. And sometimes, anyway, I don't want to go there yet. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Proverbs 29 and 15. A rod and a reprimand imparts wisdom. I done told that boy a hundred times, hit him with the rod. Discipline him correctly. What did the Bible say is going to happen? Wisdom will be imparted. The Bible says in all you're getting, you better get some understanding. 
Wisdom is the principal thing. You see why already? Don't, don't, don't not do it. Don't do it in anger. Come on now. But it says, a rod and a reprimand imparts wisdom. But a child left undisciplined disgraces his mother. Man, I've seen, I've seen this one little child. He was hitting on the mother, throwing stuff at the mother, yelling at the mother. And I'm thinking, lady, you don't know how foolish you look. People was looking at the child, and I'm like, it ain't the child. I wanted to yell out real loud, it ain't the child. That ain't that child's business or problem. It's the mama. According to the word. I'm going back to the word because you might think, well, pastor, that's just your opinion. That's what the word says. It says a rod and reprimand imparts wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces its mother. Now, let me help you with this at all the levels. Even when they get older, you might be like, well, you know, I don't want to tell, tell them. Tell them anyway. They won't listen to me. Tell them anyway. See, you put it out there. You let God deal with the rest. But don't ever, ever let God come back and say, Why, why'd you stop telling them? And you say, you say to the Lord, well, because he won't listen. You know what God's going to say? Did I ever stop telling you? And I can count a lot of times you didn't listen to me. That check you real quick. Like, oh, Lord, I better. I know that boy, that girl, they don't want to listen, but tell them anyway. Now, wisdom will help us know how to tell them in a way that's more palatable. You know what I mean? At certain levels, you, there needs to be a better way of doing it. That's all. It does, I, I've learned that using wisdom and even a soft answer doesn't take away me being dad. Some of us, what happens with a lot of parents, this, this pride demon get on the inside of you. Can't nothing tell you nothing. I'm mama, I'm daddy. And you'll lose your children. Pride comes before the fall. We're not to lord over them. We're to parent them, to love them, to guide them, to lead them. And there's some, there's some, there's some tough stuff during that time, but you got to learn to do it. Proverbs 23. disgraces its mother. Proverbs 23, starting at verse 13 through 14. And this up on the screen, guys, if you don't have the version I'm reading, the NIV. It says, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you, watch this, if you punish with the rod, they will not die. Told you, they ain't going to bend, they ain't going to break. Now, again, if you beat them out of anger and you're doing it out of disorder, you're going to hurt that baby. You're going to hurt him in a lot of ways, mentally and physically. This is not what God is saying. He's saying doing all things decent and in order. There were many times, you know, I was very upset at my children. I didn't give them the rod then. I would wait. I have to wait. I go pray, whatever. You calm down. But you tell them, you're going to get the rod. Or you're going to get it. Now, right now, because I might break something. Can I be real, y'all? You know, you can get real angry at your children. I'm going to come back in a couple hours. Now, here's something you guys need to get, and I'm going to give you these pointers before we're done. 
Start keeping your word when it comes to discipline. Don't tell me I'm going to get you and don't get them. You just lied. Why should somebody believe a liar? People don't believe a liar. Oh, okay, good, good, baby. This, is, this one is pink because, because this one is the girl's one. This particular one says Zaya. That's our grandbaby, our oldest baby girl. It says rod of correction. This hand right here should never touch my baby. It, this hand is for hugging and loving, holding. This is a rod of correction. Don't kick your child, beat your child, yell at your child. They grow up. Now, as they grow up, we have what's called Java. <laughs> Java's a lot bigger. Java's when they get a little big and, you know, they need to feel it. This is to get their attention. This not to abuse. Gets their attention. After the tap, you give correction with the word. After you've done that, then you hug them. I don't like what you did, but I sure love you, baby. The Bible says this, that, and that about you. But I'm going to get your attention every single time you get out of line. Every single time you get out of line. See, spare. Don't give, we give too many chances. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. If your children were like me when I was a kid, I don't believe that. I'm going to keep trying you until it happens. <laughs> I'm going to try you all day. And then we have scripture on here. Baby, what, after a number of them taps, they know this scripture real quick. You want to teach your children the Bible? What's, what's on the ride, baby? Proverbs. Where's Proverbs at? In the Bible. Oh, yeah. Thank you, baby. That's, that's good right there. If y'all want to see this after service, check it out. All this is is one of them little paint sticks. They give them away free at Home Depot, but you're supposed to buy some paint. Don't go to Home Depot and grab these up unless you buy some paint. Amen. Let's buy something at the store. Amen. Anyway. All right. Proverbs 23. I want to finish that one up. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. Punish them with the rod. Check this out. Oh, my goodness. Punish them with the rod and save their life. Now, you need to understand when he's talking about save their life, he's not just talking about death right here, but he is talking about death. But there's so many things kids are going through they should not have to go through if we would have got on their tails a long time ago. As, as rebellious as I was, my dad never gave me the rod. And I remember around 15, 16, on the inside, I remember one time, I won't tell you what I was doing, but I was doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing, and I'm laying in bed hungover. And I'm thinking on the inside, he should be giving me the ride right now. I said that. I, said, I didn't say ride. I said, he need to be giving me a whooping right now. And I began to see some, some deficiencies in dad that, like, he ain't doing that discipline part. I'm going to do this again and again. Dads don't, well, you know, <laughs> that boy need to rock. 
He need to be corrected. If you don't give them the right, you need you need to confront that thing. Boy, you ain't you better stop that right now. Right now, that's wrong. Now here's what a lot of time we we mess up because we drunks too. We doing different stuff. You can't tell me you drink. See, I told you it's not a qualifier. You grown, you want to waste your life, but just don't let your gift waste theirs. Y'all with me today? Am I teaching the word? Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. These commandments that I give you today, now we're kind of going into another direction. This is one of the things that God had told Abraham. This is a, a commandment God is telling us as parents. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Guys, you got to get this word in your heart. Impress them on your children. You know how you impress something? You know, a, a to impress. I mean, you, you, got to, you got to put that thing in them. I'm impressing you. I'm letting you know this thing is important. Yeah. Well, if you want to love God, love God. If not, you can. No, uh-uh-uh. This is what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the easier ways to get it to, co to cross over is you do it too. You want your children to worship God? You worship God. You want your children to, to praise the Lord? You praise the Lord. They don't do what you say. They'll do what you do. I grew up. I stood like my dad. I still stand like my dad. Every, you know, there's certain things I just did. My dad did it. I did it. They're going, they doing other stuff too. Moms, they watching you too. They watching you. Huh? Watch this. These commands, commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Watch this. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Sound like we need to be talking about the Lord all the time. It didn't say preach to them. It said talk about the Lord. He ought to know how good. They ought to know how good God is, not how much you can't afford. You tell my God is good, but then next thing come out your mouth. We can't afford this. We can't do this. We can't do that. What kind of God is that you trying to serve? And you want me to serve him too? See, they ain't saying that, but that's what they're saying on the inside. So don't let out of your mouth one thing. I love you, God. You can't provide for me, though. I don't like the prices of things, but I'm never going to let come out of my mouth. I can't afford it. And then turn around and come back to church tomorrow. You Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. We need to either believe God, trust God, and say according to his word, or don't, don't confuse our children. That con that's confusing. I grew up confused about religion, confused seeing, you know, they're saying one thing in church, and as soon as church is over, I'm seeing a whole other thing. That's confusing. Very confusing. That's why a lot of children don't, don't, don't want to believe. We've given them nothing to believe. All right. Let me give you a couple more here. This is important because we have a generation, and, I, and I've seen on things where now, I guess, on birth certificates, they got three, three options, male, female, or other. Do you know that? They're putting that on birth certificates. And giving kids all these different options. Let me show you what the Bible says. 
So God created man. This is Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. Bottom line, that's it. Well, you know, but what if they, what if they want to, they ain't got no choice. You a male or a female. Teach them their identity. Let me tell you something. As a kid, and I'm sure some of y'all, if you really, 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 really think about it, you had a whole bunch of thoughts, especially as a teenager. When you started going through puberty, you have all type of thoughts go through your mind. Well, I think, you know, I, I, I kind of like boys. You tell that boy, yeah, but get that out your mind, boy, because you ain't going to like no boy. You know why? Because boys like girls. That's called a false feeling and a false emotion that you need to get over. See, if they never know what's right, if, they, if, if there is no right or wrong, then they can be anything they want. That is wrong. God says it's wrong. So I know there's a lot of things out there that says these chemical this, that, and the other. But if you teach right conviction, right conviction will override feelings. Because as a kid, you go through all type of feelings. And what happens why a lot of adults are still dealing with all that stuff, they never dealt with it as a teen, so they still are being challenged with those feelings. There's some stuff when you grow up, you need to get rid of. Tell me, you still don't know who you are. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. Let me hurry up here, y'all. Y'all getting this, though? Nobody says slow down. Watch this. Ephesians 6 and 4. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. A lot of times, parents, and it's not just fathers, but we can be so prideful. I already mentioned that about being prideful. And or we can neglect what we should do. That will bring them to wrath. I didn't, I didn't really get upset at my dad, but it kind of got me upset. I'm like, this dude should be whipping me. I knew, anybody know when you a hot mess? Yeah. Come on, kids know when they are a hot mess too. I remember coming in the house one time after doing something. I saw the hurt on my mom's face. You know, when you're a child, you're still stupid though. I saw the hurt. Didn't do nothing about it. See, correction wasn't happening. But that thing, God put it in as I saw the hurt on her face. I saw dad stand there and watch it, though. Guess what I did? Did it again. Did it again. Training. Dads, take your responsible role. Mamas, if you mama all by yourself, you're going to have to mail up. In other words, see, you guys, you guys have uh, uh, this compassion thing. This, you know, I want to baby my baby. Big old boy, you still want to baby that boy. He, he needs he need some discipline. Sometimes you're going to have to just rough it up with it. My dad had a friend. His name was Mr. Sylvester. And uh, I think he was, I think he was 13, 14 years old. They were sitting around the dinner table. And his dad grabbed a dinner roll, put some butter on that dinner roll, started eating it. His son reached over, grabbed that dinner roll, put some butter on that thing. 
Dad put down his forks and knife. Says, son, pack your bags. He said, if you can eat like I can eat, it's time for you to go get a job. And put him out. This, this is not a fake story. Put him out. Wife was crying, hey, my baby boy. He was on the street the rest of his life. Not on the street. He didn't stay homeless. He got jobs and stuff. I remember watching him do what he did. But his dad was so, boy, when you can eat like I can eat. See, a lot of parents, you allowing your kids to get away with a whole bunch of buck up. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about eating your food. But this was, this was how, how big it was then. He said, boy, you're out. And see, some of us, we're going to go back and get them. Don't go back and get them. Well, what are you going to do out there? He's going to make it. I said a whole lot that didn't say a whole lot, so don't take that way out. You, you, you have parameters. You, you check things out, guys. You know what I'm saying? But one thing, that his dad had taught him work ethic. He wasn't going to starve out there because he knew how to work. His daddy taught him how to work. His daddy taught him how to make some money. See, you can't kick your kids in a certain direction, but you ain't giving them enough to be able to survive. One of our goals in life as a parent is teach them to survive. Teach them to live. Teach them to work. A lot of these young kids, you let them hang around your house, and they ain't working, they ain't doing nothing. You know what that is? You are training up a moocher. Got a lot of these grown kids, you are training a moocher. A moocher always takes and gives nothing. That's where they get this, in, this, um, this, in, this, this mentality of, you know, it's mine. No, it ain't yours. How did you get it, mom and dad? You work for that. And they just get it for free? Whose fault is that? Don't let your grown kids be moochers. Every now and then, you bring a little something to the path. Y'all ain't smiling, huh? I used to come home when I was in college. I used to come home, huh, babe? We would leave with grocery bags. We didn't go to the store. We went to mama's house. We leave at least with two bags. Now, I was in school. I wasn't working. She didn't want me to work. She said, boy, I want you to go to school, get you an education. So that's a little different when they're doing some different stuff. But when I was on winter break, boy, you better believe I'm paying for them groceries. You're going to cut the grass. You're going to shovel the snow. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. I, I, paint, I want this room painted and that room painted. Some of y'all, your kids don't know how to paint, don't know how to barely take out the trash. You better train them how to do some stuff. Big old boy or big old girl. Let me tell you something. We are in the computer age and all this technology stuff, but somebody still got to cut grass. Somebody still got to paint something. Don't think, oh, it's, it's a whole different time. Who's, somebody's still doing all that stuff. So, yeah, if they ain't getting into that way, teach them something. Y'all, y'all. All right. Write down Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. Okay, I gave you that one. All right, all right, all right. Uh, oh, children. Let's go to the children real quick. Proverbs 1, 8 through 9. My dear son, you could say daughter too, hear the instruction of your father. Teach your children early to listen. 
what happens in most families, nobody knows how to listen anymore. Nobody listens. Nobody listens. We have to learn to listen. Husbands and wives, if you would learn to listen, that's a discipline. If we want to go back to talking about discipline, listening. It's, an, it's a learned skill. Most of us aren't good at listening. I, I, I watch, I observe conversations sometimes. Not like some people. I'm not trying to be nosy. Um, but when I do hear certain things, I'm like, to myself, they didn't hear nothing that person said. You can always tell that based on the answer that comes out. And you know when husbands and wives, you know, like, like my wife would tell me, and, and we'll be telling each other, based on what you said, you didn't hear what I said. Huh? So we need to learn how to listen. Teach your children to listen from young. If, it's, if they're already big now, you have to start, start later. But who? You know that old saying, you can't teach an old dog new trick? Oh, yes, you can. Anybody got an old dog? <laughs> teach him something. He'll learn. That's a lie. Who told that lie? A dog can learn at any age. So can a human. So don't be, oh, they grown. They big now. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Ain't too late. Nah, it's just different how you do it. It's just different how you do it. But teach them to listen. One way you can teach them, you start practicing listening. Y'all with me? How many of you would say this? It's hard for me to remember names. That's because we don't practice listening. We, the, the bottom line of it, we don't listen. Because we really, really wanted something. That's when our good listener thing comes in. It, that's how it works. But what you don't practice, you falter at often. You train up children who won't listen. Mm. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, children, obey your parents. To, to all the young people in here, you know, you, you might be looking at me like, boy, pastor, you a mess. We don't like you no more. It happens during family month sometimes. Some of the teens, they just don't like me no more. But I love you. I want the best for you. Um, just like we, a few minutes ago, we were lifting up holy hands. And I, and I asked you to do it because the Bible said to. I hear it from a lot of parents, or a lot of kids. Well, I'm not obeying my parents. I'm not giving them honor because they ain't doing nothing. That ain't, that ain't why you do it. You do it because God said to do it. You obey your parents because God said to do it. What do we live for? What do we do to honor him? I tell you, I tell you all the time, if I try to please my wife, I'll fail all the time. But if I'll be pleasing unto God, I'll be the best thing she's ever had. Vice versa. Same thing with our children. We teach them. You honor God. Why are you going to obey your parents? Because I honor God. But watch what he says. For those of you who don't understand this or believe it, there are things called principles. I share this all the time. Principles are laws, guys. If you don't believe in gravity, if I just walked off of this thing right now tomorrow, guys, I don't believe in gravity. I'm in gravity atheist. I don't believe. What's going to happen? I'm going to fall. It's a law. 
this is called a natural law, not a written law per se, like somebody came up with a law. That's a law. Airplanes fly on a law called the law of lift. That law of lift needs a certain amount of speed and direction, and it goes up and stays even though everything is pulling everything down. It's, it's another law. This is a law that I'm about to read. Watch this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. I don't care if they treated you like dirt. Watch this. That it may be well with you. See, you think you're getting, you getting at them by not honoring them and loving them. You're messing your own life up. And pay that don't come overnight all the time. It's going to come, no. Then watch this. That it may be well with you and may, that you may live long on the earth. Guys, we're seeing a lot of young people. They're leaving a whole lot quicker than older people. Because there's no honor and respect going on in obedience to their parents. And a lot of us guys, we already read scripture, is mama and daddy's fault that you didn't train them right in the first place. So now we're in this big old battle. But thank God he's a restoring God. We, once we get this information, information, we can change right then and there. Everything begins to change. We know how to take it to prayer and take God's word on it. And God can move stuff just like this. All right? Can I have five more minutes? I'm going to give you ten strategies. I'm, gonna write, I'm not going to... Uh, respond on all of them or, or, or talk about all of them. I'm just going to give them to you. Well, I'm going to have to give a little bit. All right, number one, lead by example. I've been kind of saying this the whole time. Lead by example. So it, it'll, help you, it'll help you get you in line. Am I a good example? Ask yourself. You know what a good and or a bad example is, right? You know there's certain people you ain't leaving your kids with them for nothing. How do you know that? You know what type of example they are. You lead by example. I already said it. What you do, they will do. Maybe I should say it this way. How you are, they will eventually come, become. Number two, establish clear boundaries with your children. You've heard me say this. Stop trying to be their friend. Let them know from young, I am Mother or father, you are child. We are not on the same level. My mom used to tell me, boy, don't you come in here talking like that? I ain't your friends. <laughs> Let them know we ain't on the same level here. And you got to keep your word. Everybody say keep your word. If you don't keep your promises to your children, your children will not trust you. They will not reverence you or fear you in that sense because you don't keep your word. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And or I'm going to do this for you, baby. I'm going to do that for you. And you never do. What are they going to grow up doing? Being promise keepers or promise non-keepers? They're going to do what you do. So they're going to promise you stuff and never do it. Where they get that from? Number three. Open communication. Teach your children about communication. Guys, let me tell you something. We need to learn to communicate. Just like the listening thing is a hard thing, we all need to learn to communicate. Real communication. We got to stop using these excuses. Well, you know, men are just totally different than women. Okay. 
That means we need to communicate different. We're not animals. We're people of intelligence. Let's figure this thing out. But we need to teach communication. We, kids today, they, they can bear, many of them can't even hold a conversation. You talk to them, they don't know. They can't say nothing. I love when I meet young people, boy, and it's like, wow, that's very impressive. What I already start saying is, mom and dad, somebody been, that's my first, somebody been teaching that boy something. He wasn't born that way. Let me tell you something. He wasn't born that way. She wasn't born that way. Somebody spent some time and sold something into them. You want impressive children? Sow into them. Get them the rod. That's impressive children. Y'all with me? All right, number four. Right, you got to write down. Teach emotional intelligence. I like to put it this way. Common sense. A lot of us, I watch a lot of grown folks, they have no common sense. Y'all know what common sense is? Just, just certain stuff is like, duh, you're dealing with that? Well, also in that teach emotional intelligence is teach them how to control their emotions. Little kids talking about they stress. Oh, baby, we know how to, do, the word shows us how to deal with that. Or they sit around, they're angry all the time, and you let them stay that way. Uh-uh. We're going to correct that emotion right now because you're going to grow up and be a horrible husband or a horrible wife. Talking about you correct them. We're going to correct that right here. It's how you do this. We teach them how to get over those. You're going to get over that because if we live our life based on our emotions, we'll always make wrong choices and decisions. And if you allow your children to do that, they'll always make wrong choices and decisions. And I already told you, choices are life-changing and long-lasting. So you want to learn to make good ones. And if you make them on, I watch people all the time, something happened. Now they want to make this world-change decision. I'm moving to such and such a state. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Out of any emotion, you upset, you angry, you're not thinking right, and you're going to regret that thing later. But what happens with most people, because of shame and pride, they stay over there in their mistake. It's like, why are you going to stay in that mistake when you know you messed up? Because pride done got the best of you. I'm teaching a word. Here's one, guys. Cultivate the love for learning. Stop allowing this to be okay in your home that we don't learn, we don't read. I can't wait till I finish school. I'm done. Uh-uh, baby, there's more learning. You're going to learn your whole life. Learning is a good thing, not a bad thing. Learning is important. Parents, you ought to take every opportunity you have and train and teach and coach your children. Every opportunity. Use anything and everything as a training, teaching, and coaching opportunity. Number six, nurture help, healthy relationships. While you're so busy have, trying to have a relationship with your children, have some other healthy relationship so they can see what a healthy relationship is. If you ain't got no friends... And you trying to tell them about how, what kind of friends they ought to have. They don't have anything to pull from. 
And if you got some raggedy friends, and you know what raggedy friends are. Here's my understanding, my definition of a raggedy friend. You trying to go up, and they ain't stud and going up. And you keep them in your life. They're going to keep pulling you down. You can't go up with raggedy friends. I'm not saying they're bad people. But you need to get away long enough to go up. Then maybe you can come back and say, come on, man. Come on, girl. But we can't hang together all the time. Because you, you, you don't have to say this part, but you, you got a draw on you. You drawing us back. All right. Number seven. We're almost there. Promote physical and mental well-being. One way we do that, guys, you stop telling your kids how stressed and how tired you are. You stop complaining about, I'm tired when I come home. Stop all that. It's called work. You go to work. Huh? If you really think about it, I remember one time my mother-in-law, she said something to me. I got home from work. They, they were over our house one time, and I had got home. And it seemed like I was all cool and everything. My wife, she got home after I got home. And all of a sudden, I kind of got this tired spirit on me. And she said, you weren't tired a little bit ago. And it caught me. I said, what is that thing? Sometimes we don't know little stuff we allow on us. We, we think I have a right to be tired now, so I'm going to act tired. I'm telling you, those are spirits that will jump all on you. And before you know it, you're tired all the time. You know your kids know you as by? Tired. Mama tired. Daddy tired. Someone so tired. They tired. You know what they're going to grow up and be? Tired. I went to school all day. I'm tired. God didn't make stuff that can't last all day. But you keep putting a shortage on what God did. I'm tired. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You keep declaring you're tired, you're going to be tired. Therefore, all of a sudden, you start getting this mental thing that you're tired all the time. And your body will line up with it, too. It's real because my body, yeah, you done fed that thing in. Well-being. Number nine. Number eight. I said, I'm going back to make sure I gave it to you right. Number one was lead by example. Number two was, number three was, number four was, number five was, number six was, Number seven was, so we're on number eight, right? Don't let your kids confuse you. <laughs> Go back and check and recheck. <laughs> number nine, encourage. Number eight, I'm sorry. You know what? I don't have a number eight on here. I went from seven to nine, so that's my bad. Listen, you have to tell your, ch you tell your babies, baby. I missed it. Sometimes, you know, mom and dad, we miss it too. And don't say it in a sarcastic way. That's provoking. I was wrong. I made a mistake. I own up to it. Okay, because we can, sometimes parents, we can be sarcastic. Sarcasm 
can crush children's hearts. And that sarcasm comes from a spirit of pride again. Number eight. Encourage independence and responsibility. Teach your, give, give your children responsibility early. You still ironing that boy's clothes and he's seven, eight years old? You still fixing his plate and doing this, that? You better teach that boy some responsibility. Teach that girl some responsibility. Give him a job early, quick. There's enough jobs around the house. He should have three or four of them. Three or four of them. Now, don't, don't, don't dump. You know, some parents dump. You, 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 you delegate everything. You don't do nothing no more. <laughs> well, see, what happens is a good delegator makes sure the person he delegates to knows how to do it. You just start giving out responsibility and you ain't shown nobody. Sometimes they, they, they won't even have the attitude that this is a good thing because they're working so hard because they don't know how to do it. Teach them. Show them. A good manager has to go back and double check and recheck to make sure. That's good managing. Yeah. Baby, you've been doing dishes. You know what I used to do? My mom used to tell me to do dishes. And because I didn't want to do dishes, I would always leave them a little dirty. I'm telling you, you better, I'm telling you secrets that your kid's been playing on you maybe and you didn't know. I was that kid. I thought if I left it dirty and she would check it, I would, she would say, boy, you ain't doing dishes no more. That didn't work in my house. Go back and do them dishes again. I did dishes one night five times. The same dishes. That's the type of mom I had. I ate bread out the trash. I tried to wash the bread. And my mom still made me eat that dough. You wash some bread and see what it turned into. But I was that one. But see, your kids may be playing you. They're acting like, oh, this is hard. I don't get it. I don't know whatever. They're playing you. Teach them how to do it. And then go back and check, check, and recheck on them. If they don't do it right, do it again. See, now that takes, that takes you got to be patient as a parent. And you got to have some oomph within you. Because so, if you're too lazy, I ain't checking on that boy. He playing you then. I ain't going to check on that girl. She playing you. And babies start learning how to play you quick. Real quick. Cause tell me why they straighten up when, when, when G-Mommy got them. They cut up and act a fool on your side. But as soon as they get over there, they know how to play you early. Don't think your children don't know how to do that. But teach them responsibility. Dumping is not teaching responsibility. I have responsibility. You have responsibility. I do a good job. You do a good job. That's, and then, then you, you give them some freedom so they can begin to learn independence. Mama, nobody should need to watch over you all the time. Kids need watching over. See, when they're a teenager, they're like, you don't trust me. Because you, you can't because you haven't given them enough responsibility and or training to give them discipline so now they can be on their own. Number 10. Number 9. That's because I don't have an eight. Show unconditional love and support. Guys, I tell you one thing. My mom, and I gave her a hard time. 
uh, you know, not really intentional. I wasn't a bad kid, but, you know, kid, kid, the Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. I can't tell you why I did it. I just was foolish. <laughs> just did it. I was curious about everything, had no fear about nothing. I was going to do it. My friends challenged me to do it. I'm going to do it. Most of the time I was a leader anyway. I just saw it. I'm going to do it. Let's climb on top of the house and tear off that thing. I don't know why we're going to do it. My mom still loved me. She still loved me. Boy, come over here. She tell me, come here, big old boy. She still loved me. Unconditional love. I never, ever thought if she loved me or not. My mom never stayed angry for a long time. Not at me, not at her children. Some of us, some of us, and I'm just speaking as a whole, you stay angry way too long at your children. Get over it and love them. Love covers a multitude. Love heals. Anger don't heal nothing. Get over it. Support them. Don't miss their games and their stuff. You, you, you need a different job if you can't come to your kids' stuff. After a while, you need to change some of that. You pray, God will give you a better job. My dad came to one game in my life. I love my dad. He was a superhero. He just wasn't taught what I was taught about being there. Broke my heart. I, I, I thought I could have been real good at sports. But every time I look up, mom was out there yelling and screaming. But in my heart, where's dad? Then I started, I ain't going to practice. I ain't taking this thing serious. I thought I was pretty good. I, I wish dad was here. One of your kids, I wish mom was here. Yeah, I understood dad had to go to work, but come on, dad. Come on. I'm your gift. I'm your responsibility. When your kids start saying, it's all right, Mom, it's all right, Dad, don't believe it. They want you there. You tell them on the job, I told you a couple weeks ago, you start letting them people know, my family is very important to me. And I'm going to be needing this day off. I'm going to be needing this day off. I'm telling you, they'll try to scare, they try to scare tactics is what it is. That's what a lot of these companies would do. But they will honor what you honor. Things will honor. People will honor what you honor. I never miss any of my kids' stuff. One time. Ever? Did I? You know why? Because I purpose I won't. Overtime, that overtime ain't that important. That event, uh-uh. My babies are my first response. I'm going to be there care I gotta make that money no you need to stop spending so much so you can be there with your kids they don't need them tennis shoes buying these boys and these girls all these expensive clothes and stuff now you can't go to the event because you're paying for some Nikes you don't need you're gonna get some psyches that's what I used to wear psyches you know what psyches are you be on the basketball court running you go to stop and when you go to stop you still sliding over there because they got them hard bottoms underneath them let them slide a little bit. They're going to be all right. Teach them how to draw real good. They can put the Nike sign right on there. I'm telling you, when they grow up, 
they're not going to be talking about the psyches. They're going to be talking about you were there. That's how you support them. Amen? So how many did I give you? Nine? We're going to stop right there. Because nine is just fine. I love to have fun. Ain't fun. Make, make, fun make, make family fun, guys. You know, as parents, you need to laugh a little bit. Sometimes we come home and it's just strictly business. All the kids know is, Arr. they see the picture of their parents. Arr. Think about it. You go to work all day, you come home, you're already kind of irritated and this and that, and your kids see. Arr. Guys, if I'm talking to you in any area, just repent. Say, Father, help me. Show me where to start. He's a good God. That's what's so amazing about our God. We get our God, we get first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance, and it's never too late with God. So don't let the devil back you up in some corner talking about, well, it's too late for me. My kid is grown. Uh-uh. That's a lie. Who told that lie? You got to start getting convinced. I believe God's word, not you. I love you, man. I love you, girl, but I believe God, not you. Society do a whole bunch of stuff, but society ain't let me right yet. God has. God have, the society will have you done. Oh, too late. I can't find nowhere in the Bible where it's too late. Huh? Let me think about Moses. Here's Moses. You know, he had all kind of weird life and stuff growing up. Different parents, somebody raising him. He's in the castle. Then he's out on the, out, out on the field doing some stuff. And God speak to him in his old age. He becomes the man at an old age. What if he just said, man, I'm too old? Society tells me it's too late. Amen? And I'm late, guys. I know I've gone so much today. Y'all supposed to go home and make a cake. Who's going to make a cake? Make a cake. Listen, you don't want to make a cake because that, that, that peach cobbler did sound real good. If y'all know how to make a vegan peach cobbler, send me the recipe. We're going to make one today. Vegan, vegan. <laughs> Come on, let's bow our heads, guys. I'm sorry. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you. So much information, Father, I know that you have for us. I know when Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, man, it's three chapters. He taught because he loved the people. Father, have your way in these families. May this education, may this word, may this knowledge not fall to the ground, but may it, Father God, go deep, deep into the hearts of each and every one of us. And we know that you're the great restorer. We know that you're the finisher of our faith. And therefore, Father, we know that there are no dead ends or cul-de-sacs for us. That each and every one of us, no matter where we are today, has a fresh start. Because you said that your mercies are new every morning. <laughs> and great is your faithfulness. So we thank you for that. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Without him, we have nothing. We can do nothing. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I beseech you, I beg of you to get to know him. He's a good God. Jesus is the greatest thing that's ever happened to this world, that's ever happened to us. God so loved you that he gave us Jesus. Then he says in his word that those who call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved God wants to save you heal you deliver you and set you free 
So if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you an opportunity to call on his name right now. Be it if you're online, if you're here today. And it's a simple call. It's a simple thing. It goes like this. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I receive you now. It's that simple. It's that simple. And if you're here today and you want to do that, then just repeat this with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I accept you now. God is such a good God. He heard that. If you said that, you made that choice today, immediately he came into your heart because he's a God answering prayer. He's a promise keeping God. If you did that, as Ambassador Liz was saying earlier, welcome to the family. You are a child of God. We're all creations of God, but it's those who accept the Lord Jesus Christ who become children of God. And so therefore I say again, welcome to the family. And if you're online, if you did that, there's a number that's up on the screen. Just text that. Say, I did. We'll reach out to you and share more information with you. If you're here today, just lift up your hand. We'll have someone to share with you today some information. You don't want to leave this place the same as you've come. If you made that choice, finish the choice. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's pray for healing. Father, right now, if there's anyone in this place, anyone watching online that needs healing, we speak healing to them. We speak to the physical bodies and minds right now. And we command them to line up with the living word of God in the name of Jesus. That name that is above every name. That name where every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Therefore, we speak to all sickness and disease and command it to bow now to leave in Jesus' name. So therefore, we declare that we are the healed of the Lord and we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Isn't God good? Amen. Amen. Well, I want to thank those of you who joined us online today. Thank you for being a part. We pray that you've been blessed and God has spoken to you and your family today. God bless you and we'll see you the next time around. God bless. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.